This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you this morning. And on the Zoom call, I'm very, very happy to have uh, with me Ned Hill, who is the uh, CEO of OSF Sacred Heart. Uh, been with us how long now, Ned? Six months. Six months. Wow, that flew fast. Yes. <laughs> he has taken over. He has moved in. He has settled his family. And actually, it's coming home for him because he spent uh, a good part of his growing up years in Perrysville. So it's coming home for him. So we're happy to have him with us. And it's been a pleasure to get to know him as we've moved forward. Ned, I think the first thing I want to do this morning because this is such a weird time we're in, and we've been in it so many times now, um, COVID numbers are better. Everybody's breathing a little easier, Mm -hmm. but we're all waiting for another shoe to drop. So tell me where the hospital's at and what's going on with you in terms of COVID. Sure, Linda, just as you mentioned, really without any rhyme or reason, we see peaks and valleys with COVID surges and then lulls. Right now, we're experiencing uh, over the last about two weeks, a significant decrease in our COVID numbers. Just three weeks ago, we were running 30 to 40% of our inpatient guests were COVID-related issues. And then fast forward three weeks, we're now down to consistently running uh, under 10% the last week or so. So uh, as you mentioned, we don't know what's going to happen with the next surge. Hopefully there's not one, but uh, we're prepared for one if there is. Okay, so what has this experience been like? Uh, you walked into the middle of it, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> you were running around the hospital trying to get to know your entire staff at the same time that they were running around trying to keep from drowning under under COVID. Um, what what what's the, what has this experience been like? What's this six months been like? Well, I think for most, uh, not only healthcare leaders, but leaders across the country, it's really just take it day by day with what comes. So uh, make good decisions, have good choices based on what you're facing that day, whether it's a supply shortage with masks uh, like we experienced a couple of years ago to staffing shortages that we're all experiencing to uh, price increases for goods and supplies. So it's really just about taking it day by day and saying, okay, well, what's our situation today and how are we going to address this to make sure we're giving uh providing excellent, uh, exceptional care for our guests. So it's been a, a roller coaster, but uh, I think we've all learned a lot about uh, how uncertain things can be in, in our industry. How critical have uh, traveling nurses been to what the hospital has tried to do to care for people? Because when those when those census numbers got so high, that had to be a, a strain on your, your, your permanent staff. So how have you managed to get through this? Yeah, our our traveling agency staff have been extremely helpful to us as I think COVID, we have at times run consistently guests sleeping over at night. So if your staff are 50 to 60 and you're running over 100, you need roughly twice the staff that you have on hand. So the traveling uh, nursing staff, albeit very expensive, has been extremely helpful to make sure we can continue to provide that high level of care for every guest that comes in. Ned, as you look at... um 
what we've been through, what we continue to go through. What are some lessons we're learning in terms of how we provide care for people? I mean, I think, I think one of the outstanding things we've clearly seen is how amazing our healthcare workers are mm -hmm. and how they can rise to the occasion, uh, but they can feel overwhelmed too. What are some things you think we've learned as we start to kind of crawl out? I'm not saying we're out, <laughs> just saying we're crawling inch by inch. What do you think are some lessons we've learned? Well, besides the lessons that we hear and you, you see people talk about for the most part in you know, radio and TV and things like that of preparedness and staffing and supplies and you know, things like that, I think one of the, the more unspoken or less discussed things that uh, I and we have learned about uh, this latest pandemic is the, the importance of keeping ourselves routinely healthy when it comes to eating healthy and you know, exercising and not using substances, whether it be smoking or drinking or drugs or things like that, that we shouldn't be using. Because if you look at COVID and the way that COVID attacked the body, it really was uh, extra harmful and um, extra challenging for those people who had not uh, maybe done as good a job as some others in maintaining a healthy lifestyle. When the virus does infect, which it does for most or all of us, then um, it seems like those who have taken less of a focus over the years on maintaining a good, healthy lifestyle, it really affected quite a bit more. Are you still um, kind of uh, taken aback by some of the pushback on masks and vaccinations? I, I guess, you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough to spend 16 years in public health. I learned a tremendous amount about public health and what it means and, and how it influences a community. So I guess I have a different perspective and I'm assuming you do too. It's very hard for me to understand this concept that there's something wrong with the vaccine or that um, you're somehow endangering yourself or your family if you vaccinate, let alone the whole mask thing, which is just insane. Um, I, are we looking at healthcare different now? I mean, is that, you understand what I'm asking? Is, is all of that, the masks, the vaccines, is that making us look at healthcare differently? You know, that's a great question. If you look back, back at the last uh, two years of this, I, uh, the philosophy and, and I guess the end result that I've come to personally, not speaking for OSF as a company or Sacred Heart as a hospital, but personally is really, it, it might be, you know, good to make sure that we're respectful of everyone's opinion on what they feel is best for themselves based on the fact that, you know, in a, in a normal world, I guess we're told by experts, whether it be in healthcare or for our vehicle or for, you know, any other facet of our life, that this is what you do and this will be the outcome based on the virus being so unique in changing and molding and, and mutating to the point where, um, you know, it's just been a, a very, very difficult two years to, to hear, if you do this, this will happen. This will be the result if you do this as a an action. And and some of those have worked out better than others. So I, th I guess where I've landed personally is do what you feel is best for yourself, your health, your family. And I think we all should respect one another's opinions on what they're going to do. Because, you know, if we say, all right, if everyone wears a mask for the next 100 days, COVID will end. Well, it didn't quite work out that way. And so uh, I think just uh, 
you know, being understanding of people's ideas and philosophies is, is kind of where I've landed that that's probably the best case scenario for a, a virus. It really has been quite challenging for any of us in the world, really, not just the United States, to put our finger on and say, here's the action that will eradicate the virus. Well, that's the thing. The virus itself um, has been such a challenge. My yeah. gosh, we're used to viruses mutating, changing, uh, causing havoc. We're used to that. If, if, you're, if you've been around the healthcare industry at all in any way, shape, or form, you expect that. But this one has just gone in such bizarre directions that I'm amazed we've done as well as we have, to be honest with you. Yep. I think, I think we've learned a lot about how to deal with viruses and how to respond to them, but we've still got a long way to go. We're going to go to break and come back and talk with uh, Ned about what's going on at the hospital. That even though COVID has been dominant, there are things that are happening in our hospital, and that hospital is vital to our community. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you and on the Zoom call this morning, Ned Hill, who heads up OSF Sacred Heart right here in our community. Uh, a hospital that we, I think we whiz by on, on Logan Street as far as we can go now uh, until we're blockaded. Um, uh, and, and we forget what it means for a community our size to have a hospital like OSF, um, a full service hospital uh, harder and harder to come by. The cost of, of healthcare today, Ned, is just really scary. And what the sisters have done by uh, providing that foundation for our hospital is really critically important in a time when everything costs more and it's harder and harder to, for you to pay your bills, let alone for us to pay our bills. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's a, a unique time, Linda, that we uh, are seeing a lot of the same increases that uh, we're all seeing in other commodities and goods in, in the country. But, you know, even so, as you mentioned, the uh, both the foundation uh, here for the hospital and the sisters have been extremely generous to us uh, this year. For example, we have several projects, many, many millions of dollars that are being invested in the facility, including, uh, as many people are aware, we have a new linear accelerator uh, that was donated through uh, funds from the Hagler Foundation to the to the hospital for uh, the cancer center. So that's being installed right now and will be up and running about uh, middle of next month. And so we're very excited about that latest and greatest technology in cancer care. And then we also have a, a new second CAT scanner being installed in the hospital here in the next uh, couple of months. So that uh, is something we're really excited about. And then additional uh, infrastructure with a new nurse call system and a new telemetry system. And then uh, we're beginning a remodeling project for the hospital uh, as we speak right now. Uh, painting and remodeling is being done in the hospital um, facility-wide. So we're just very excited, albeit we still have a full hospital, not with COVID patients necessarily, but a full hospital with uh, other illnesses and, and injuries. But um, we're simultaneously getting a lot of things done and some new technologies brought in that we're really, really excited about. So how challenging is it to run a hospital? 
uh, of the size of OSF, Sacred Heart, um, in a community like ours. Um, we, uh, we look at that and take it for granted that we have a hospital. And, and so, yeah, we do. And we forget that um, the cost to doing business now, uh, pretty significant. You all have really worked very hard. And again, with the help of the foundation for a lot of the projects um, to make sure that it's not just, a, a, just, not just walls and surgical equipment, that it's a, a hospital that matters to the community, cares about the community, and is part of the community. Exactly. Uh, you know, I've been working in healthcare administration for about 20 years now, and, and times have certainly changed from what hospitals were in the past to how they operate now, especially mission-driven hospitals like those in OSF, like here at Sacred Heart in Danville. You know, we take all comers with all issues, regardless of the ability to pay, which is um, and not the same situation for all hospitals across the country. So the uh, expenses are up and the um, margins are quite a bit smaller, but uh, it's still a mission-driven organization. And our goal is to make sure that we are the hospital that uh, that the community uh, needs and deserves. As you mentioned, it's uh, becoming less and less common and more and more uncommon for uh, small hospitals and small communities to have a full service hospital with the breadth and scope of the services that are offered here in Danville, simply due to economics, that it's just harder and harder to make the bottom line profitable when um, costs go up and uh, reimbursement uh, typically is staying flat or going down. One of the things that, and I should have said that uh, full disclosure, I do sit on the, the hospitals community uh, board so I, I'm I'm blessed in the sense that I get to hear some of the some of the background information when I'm able to attend meetings and understand what's going on. One of the things that has impressed me a great deal since the sisters took over um, has been the effort to engage staff uh, to build that team concept to look at all the time uh, examine. Are our patients safe? Are we handling them the best way we can? How are we giving them care? It's been really cool to see that develop over the months um, um, because it's a critical part of the, of the care that people get. And, you know, you check into a hospital, you get whatever it is done, you check out, and everything, you know, is fine. That doesn't always work for people. And sometimes, um, people are at risk for falls and other things. You all have really put in a lot of effort to ensure safety of patients, safety of everything within the hospital. Absolutely. And, and you hit the nail on the head, Linda, that uh, OSF is, is a faith-based community that's not faith-based only in word, but in action. And so you truly see that effort of healing the whole person, including from a spiritual perspective when they're here. So we do have clergy in the hospital all the time, and we do have a very strong focus on, you know, helping better each individual guest that comes to see us from every aspect of their life. So it really is impressive to watch. And, you know, we always have uh, room to improve on every aspect of our care, but it's, it's really a strong, strong focus. Absolutely. One of the things that um, I think we're all proudest of is the Cancer Center. Mm -hmm. um, I remember, I'm so old. Uh, I remember when my mom used to volunteer 
to drive patients to champagne for treatment. And sometimes I rode with her. And to see the the struggle of people having to make that drive, it doesn't sound like it's that far. It doesn't seem like it's that far. But if you're fighting cancer, it's a trip. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to have uh, a facility like we have now with Dr. Labayog and the access to good care, that is just tremendous for our community. It's really a huge thing that, again, I don't think we always uh, recognize. It really is, Linda, especially when you're talking about cancer treatment, they're usually not, you know, once a month type treatments. They're usually every day, every other day in some kind of a sequence that would necessitate you driving to, um, in this case, Champaign-Urbana if if our center weren't here. So, uh, again, we are extremely blessed and excited to have the support of the foundation for the new linear accelerator. Uh, that's phase one of our grand scheme of projects there at that center. Phase two has already been funded as well the foundation and that will be to uh, significantly increase the room amount uh, the size of the rooms and the amount of rooms we have to care for patients in addition to phase two being kicked off when phase one is done here uh, in a month or two we're also actively recruiting a partner for Dr. LeBiog because the volumes have just gotten that busy there so excited about the work that's been performed and been 1490 WDAN Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton and on the Zoom call with me this morning, Ned Hill, who heads up OSF Sacred Heart. Always a pleasure to talk to Ned and catch up with what's going on. And he's been very kind to do that. Let us know what's going on with the hospital, certainly with COVID, but with the improvements and the new things that are coming. So, Ned, as you reflect back on this whole experience, is COVID going to change how you deliver uh, healthcare, how everybody delivers healthcare? Are we looking at uh, changes within that whole world? Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not sure what changes we'd say have come from COVID uh, besides what was already kind of on track for changes. So over the last you know, 10, 15 years, there's been an increased focus on wellness, on preventative medicine, on outpatient medicine. So the days of coming to the hospital and getting all the care that you need. Um, the technologies have improved. They've gotten faster. They've gotten sharper. They've gotten um, you know, less invasive and with less recovery time. So over the last several years, you've seen a trend to more of an outpatient, um, outpatient uh, healthcare setting for treatments of, of many things. I, I think the preventative medicine, as I mentioned earlier in my comments, was probably something that uh, maybe we'll have a little more of a focus that how do we keep people healthy all the time? So when the next virus, you know, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now comes along, that uh, we'll be better prepared to, to uh, you know, be able to handle, handle those viruses as our, as our bodies can, uh, you know, deal with them and, and not have the same outcomes we had necessarily in this, in this round with the COVID virus. So. Do you see telehealth growing? I think that's one of the things that we really realized was, um, uh, really doable. There have been challenges in the past with telehealth, you know, with connectivity and with, 
you know, reimbursement and lots of different issues on, on really making it mainstream. But I think through the pandemic, that's one of the things that uh, people saw. It really can be utilized well. Just got to iron out some of the bugs in the systems from, you know, hospitals and clinics to patients, phones, homes, laptops, things like that. But I do think that's one of the things that will probably continue because there's a lot of good medicine that was uh, able to be provided on all levels with primary care, specialty care, uh, through telehealth. So I do think that will continue. Also at urgent care, you've had some real good success with that. Yep, and that's one of those other focuses that uh, was even pre-pandemic that it really is for everyone the best situation to get the care in the to receive care in the right place at the right time in the right location. So the days of coming to the emergency department for for non-emergent issues really need to continue to be worked through um, as far as a, a past historical occurrence. We really need to utilize our primary care providers. Uh, in Daniel, we have several options of primary care providers. We have two on-call centers with great hours, extended hours, weekends, and then we have a prompt care as well. So, uh, you know, when people ask me in the past, even during the COVID uh, pandemic of what can we do to help the hospital? What can we do to help Sacred Heart? The, the really the answer that I would give is is make sure that we're receiving the right care in the right location, the right time. So if you have a true emergency, you know, a threat to life or limb, you know, certainly come on in the ER. We'll be happy to take care of you. But um, for anything else, for bumps, bruises, aches, pains, toothaches, medication refills, you know, all the other things that we see in the ER routinely, those uh, visits really need to be focused towards those outpatient services. It's cheaper, it's uh, quicker, it's more affordable for the hospital, for the patients. So it really is the best uh, thing we can do as a community to help any hospital in any community is, is get the right care at the right location at the right place. The right yeah, time. I imagine I imagine that's going to be a, a real growth uh, area for, for uh, all healthcare facilities. Um, so uh, what's the mask policy at the hospital right now? with all these changes going on? It's still universal mask policy for all patients, all visitors, all staff. Okay, okay. Just wanted to verify that, make sure. Yep. Uh, but everything else, I mean, everything's running normally. You're yep. not, oh, okay. As I mentioned, our hospital is, uh, COVID numbers have dropped significantly, but we're still full. So we have a whole bunch of other patients that we're caring for with other illnesses. So um, hospitals running in normal operations, but uh, very full. And very busy. Very well, busy. Ned, I appreciate you taking time this morning to talk with us. And uh, and I do thank you and, and your staff. I think our, our hospital staff has just been so phenomenal on how they've stepped up and handled things and really appreciate all the effort that has gone into ensuring that when patients walk through that door, they are cared for head to toe, um, a heart and soul. And uh, it's it's a it's a joy to have have the hospital here, and we're thankful for it. So, thanks for being with us, and we will catch up with you again soon. Thanks, Ned. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Have a Take great day. care. Yeah. Bye bye. Have a safe weekend, please. Um, if you're going to party for the Super Bowl, do it safely, please. And uh, especially if you're in a crowd, wear a mask. Um, be smart, please. And join us on Monday. Melissa Rome will be with us from uh, Vermilion County Health Department. She's a, she's had a hard few months, and we're going to talk to her about how they're handling things uh, at the health department. So we will talk to her on Monday. Please join us on Newsmakers 1490.
WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Thanks. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.